it's it's not like I'm trying to change the culture. I'm just an asshole who likes to fuck with people <laughs> and I'm going to do it because I really like doing it. And I'm really good at that. So why not just go whole hog and show up in Chicago and just start doing shows that say, you know, it's like, here's a show. Steppenwolf's cock is in my mouth. And that's the show. I don't know. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Not too long, a couple weeks ago, maybe two weeks, uh, whatever. Bob and I are on the phone, um, and uh, it's it's Bob, in the evening. Bob's your uncle. You know, Bob Fisher, uh, who is uh, the guy who created the mammals in Chicago, and I did a mm-hmm. you know we did a lot of shows, and he did some WNP stuff, and we're talking, and of course he's doing a little he's doing a little whiskey, I'm doing a little whiskey, and we're just we're just rapping, and all of a sudden we start talking about you know he, he, talking about Chicago theater. He's bitching about. Cause he hasn't done theater almost as long as I haven't done theater in Chicago. And, and he's, it's just like, Oh, how it's toothless and it's all virtue signaling. So he's kind of going off on that. I know he's going off on that bitch and which is, is actually, this, is this old man yelling at clouds thing or is, is there like no, this is, evidence that he can support with his, his opinion? Well, can, that's can the thing. His opinion is a fact is what I'm asking. Yeah. 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 Well, I went back and, and, and I looked into uh, like the listings and I, I don't, I don't necessarily, see that but i do see uh, a lot of safety in in uh in in the choices there's not a lot of like like there's not there's not a lot of ground being broken right now in chicago theater that i can see now granted i'm not there and i'm not watching the shows but didn't they do feeling- a, like a, a gay romeo and juliet where it was like well, Juliet and Jackie well, again, or something. again, and if you consider that groundbreaking and uh, provocative, the thing about it is, if you're preaching I, to the I choir, that more boring than just running. Well, the the, the, if, if you're preaching to the choir, then it's not groundbreaking. The only way you break ground is that you buck the system. You go against sort of like the cultural paradigm. That's I mean, that's just always been the case. So anyway, he you know, he was kind of going off on that. And uh, and he said, he said, are you ever coming back to Chicago? I said, yeah, he said, eventually I will come back to Chicago. That's my goal. That's my home. That's where gravity feels. He said, so what are you going to do? I said, you know, I said at this point, and we started talking about not what I'm going to do, but what I did while I was there. And we were talking about, you know, why I started a theater company in 92 anyway. And I said, well, I said, you know, the, the, the thing was I got to Chicago and I wanted to be in theater and nobody was doing anything that was remotely interesting to me. Now, I mean, it's not like that. It's not to say that what they were doing was not of value. It just was not of value to me. It was not something I wanted to participate. So I said, fuck it. I'm going to create my own thing. And what it turned out is that the thing that I love maybe the most and am quite good at is, is creating shit that just really pisses people off. And I went, okay, I like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we talked about, you know, all the marketing shit, the stunts that we used to pull, like, uh, I mean, the, 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 one of the stories I recall telling him about, and if he, rem- he, he wasn't there when this happened, but when we did Metal Luna and the Amazing Science of the Mind Review, you know, we couldn't afford marketing. So we had to get creative and, it, you know, in, in the landscape of like, hey, put your poster up in a storefront window, which they still do, um, is bullshit yeah. because somebody's always going to put their fucking poster over your poster it's, and it's glutted and nobody's looking at it. So I came up with the idea for Metalunas. I had I had Pat Carton, who is our graphic artist, create me a poster that had the Metaluna title mm-hmm. and Sigmund Freud and address, which was the uh, the image for the poster we were going to use. But that's it. Just Metaluna and Sigmund Freud and address. No explanation. And then we went out for like three weeks at like three o'clock in the morning, almost you know, for three, four nights a week. And yeah. we, we didn't tape. We got a, a bucket half filled with water and half filled with Elmer's fucking glue. Like when I was big mm-hmm. and, and we, we glued that shit on every pole, N- not personal property, but every public yeah. piece of land we could find, we fucking glued that shit everywhere. And within about a week, um, I remember uh, Lucia Moreau, who is, I don't know if she's still a, a writer, but she was writing for New City at the time. She did a reviewer. She calls me 
like thinking I will know what the fuck that is. And everybody was talking, everybody in like in the theater area, not like, hey, the larger, larger market, but everybody in that like theater quarter was like, what, what the fuck is this Metaluna? Is it a hip hop act? Is it a, what is it? Nobody knows. So just well, to be clear, like you went all over the city, like wheat pasting this stuff. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. And that's so awesome. nobody, that's nobody awesome. knew yeah. what this Metaluna was. You know, they know they, nobody knew what yeah. it was. And so I told everybody in the theater, keep your shit. No, nobody knows. Nobody knows what this is because this is part of the market campaign. And then about a about two great weeks marketing before, campaign. The whole campaign yeah. is keep them guessing. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. two weeks before we went out and put up the actual posters with the same title graphic, the same thing, but now explaining what Metaluna and the Amazing Science Marriott. Well, you know. Two days later, Joe Bill, because we were renting the annoyance, he and I get a summons to come to court. <laughs> <laughs> and we get in there and the the judge was very, she was funny. You know, since we're watching people pay their parking tickets and shit like this. And she gets in there and she says, all right, well, Mr. Hall, she said, uh, we have evidence of 120 posters that you put up. Uh, oh these, 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 whatever you want to call them, these Metaluna posters. And uh, we can find you up to $10,000 per poster. What the and fuck? Which said, and I went, well, may I speak? And she said, sure. And I said, well, first of all, you need to get on your investigators because we put up like a thousand posters. I mean, <laughs> you guys are really falling down on the job. I said, and second of all, if you think I could pay $10,000 for even one poster, do you think we would go out wheat pasting fucking posters on poles? Yeah. If we had that kind of money, we'd just get a bus ad. And she yeah. laughed. She said, well, what can you afford to pay in a fine? I said, 10 bucks. She said, okay. And she fined me 10 bucks. Get out anyway, of here. Yeah. You know, and then the show, the show did remarkably well. It did really, we were on a Sunday, Monday night and it just sold out and we had great buzz and we got great reviews, you know, and it was, you know, it was one of those, I don't know if the marketing campaign had anything to do with that. I think it was probably that it was a good show. However, um, we were just kind of talking about that kind of attitude. And he goes, why aren't you doing that kind of stuff in Wichita? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I said, I'll be honest with you. I said, it sounds weird, but the people are here are just nicer. You don't bring an artistic sledgehammer to a party <laughs> with a bunch of fucking nice people. You know, it's just like yeah. the point. I mean, yes. Does there need to be some shaking up done in the city? I, I would argue probably. I mean, yesterday I was at the Riverfest and this and I'm talking to this old man and his wife and he's, he's a cowboy. You know, it's a country concert and they're talking about how they got kicked out of a Willie Nelson concert because they were dancing in the aisles. And there he says, and he goes, Ooh. oh, I mean, you know, exactly. We're just having this really fun conversation. And he says, oh, want to see my T-shirt? I said, sure. And he turned and takes his jacket off. And on the back of his T-shirt, it says, I have P P PTSD pissed off at the stupid Democrats. Oh, burn. And, and I. And I and I, oh. the thing is, I laughed because it was like, all right, that's at least, I mean, you got to give him some credit. That's at least clever. That's at least clever. But I thought it's I am way sure. stuck. I am way fucking stuck in, in, in the deep red. You know, I feel like I'm yeah. in the, the 12 monkeys, the red forest. And so that there needs to be some shaking up, but for the most part, uh, I don't think my style would be so much embraced. And if I were hauled into court in Kansas for putting up stuff, um, they'd beat the shit out of me and I'd be strung up by a noose, you know? So I was like, I'm not really yeah. interested in that. But the question that I have for you, because what I said is if I come back to Chicago, maybe, I mean, what the fuck else do I have lose? They canceled me anyway. So fuck you. I can get in there and do anything I fucking want. I said, I guarantee you that the first play I'm going to do is going to be the Daryl Cox story. Remember Daryl Cox? No, he's a, he was the guy with the uh, yeah you do. He was the guy that was the actor and the the director of Profiles Theater, and then uh, it broke in the oh, Chris Pius broke yeah. that he had, he'd yeah. been abusive to his girlfriends or whatever on stage, and then they yeah. pilloried his theater and it shut down. And I said I want to do the Daryl. Yeah, that was a weird. That was a weird week. Yeah, it was very weird. Like, and I said, I played out I, very I, fast. Yeah. I want to do the Garrett Daryl Cox story. And you know who I'm going to have play Daryl Cox on stage? He said, who? I said, fucking Daryl Cox. Mm -hmm. And it was, and we laughed. It's like, yeah, that's the kind of theater that I loved was like, you know, and we did carve WTP carved out a very unique space in a very crowded market. So that was cool. But then it suddenly occurred to me, I said, are we, are we ready for the, the sort of, paradigm busting asshole 
artistic bad boy because every time in history when we've had like a flux of these groundbreakers and arguably provocateurs gadflies assholes it has been when we are in a, a, a sort of a culturally repressive sort of time period you know you, you've got you've got the 50s and all of a sudden 50s and early 60s you've got lenny bruce you got hunter s thompson coming out you know you've got your writers and directors that you know the, the the really you would say that the 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 whole raging bull uh yeah. sort of uh easy writer kind of shit that came out of the 70s was really a reaction to a repressive hollywood model that was kind of keeping the young the young guns down so my question is you know it, it, it the idea that i am an enfant or was an enfant terrible um, oh god i know you know and so i wrote a book Fuck off. i wrote us i wrote us a, a, a substack called the aging Terribly. I'm basically the old man who used to be like groundbreaking. Do I need to come back to Chicago and like start burning shit down? It's like, all right, is that necessary? And where are they? Where are those, where are those people? Where are those people that are really breaking the rules and really challenging sort of the repressive regime language wise and all that stuff? And are they necessary? And that is my huge, like ridiculously long preamble to that question for you yeah <laughs> oh man i well let, let me try and break out the question first of all where are they that was part of the question yeah i don't know um you know i know that i'm i'm not in touch with them anymore there was a time in my life when i felt like i was um part of that kind of movement not that it was like i mean <sighs> you know i was sure you know not running with the lenny bruce's and the hunter s thompson's but like our versions like the watered down lenny bruce's and the hunter thompson's um we were trying to be different trying to do whatever um but it's been a while since i felt like i was a part of something like that See, it's funny to me because I never even when I was doing it felt like I was a part of anything no. other than just the thing I was doing because I, That's I it. you know, I, I like I this. to me different, it, different and unique is, is an absolute virtue and, and, well, and, yeah. and confronting people with shit they don't want to be confronted. It's like in an age where we have safe spaces, my ethic, my value of intentionally wanting to make people uncomfortable for whatever reason yeah. yes I, i'd love to say that what the reason i like make people uncomfortable is because i want them to learn i want them to, to break out of their thoughts i yeah. want to push their thoughts <laughs> the fact is i just think that shit's funny and i want to do it i mean so i wish I i'd love to be able to say there was a good reason for it yeah. yeah i'm just an I'm asshole the same so way. There. it's you know I, i'll get accused like katie will sometimes say to me like you're just you're just saying that to, to get a reaction out of people like no i'm just trying to get people to think and we're both right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, maybe, it's but like really, a, it's just 40 split. I don't know which way it means 60. Depends on the day. Yeah, there's there's definitely a split. <laughs> but like before I even knew, um, before I got like into Hunter Thompson, because we know we've established like. Yeah, what's your man? He's my, your man. man. Yeah. Before I really got into him, um, I was. I was writing, I was doing the Gonzo, the Gonzo journalism stuff before I realized what I was doing. I wrote when I was writing for, um, I was living in Las Vegas, writing for Racket Magazine, which was like a men's, um, you know, men's entertainment magazine. And I was on the the nightlife sex beat, and I was covering a lot of strip clubs. So I'd go to these nice. strip clubs, and I, you know, and one <laughs> of them, I I wrote the review from the perspective of my libido so david himmel's libido wrote the story and the libido was making all these comments about how pathetic david is and all this other shit and it was like this weird and i just did it like it was like okay i'm gonna try and do the i just was like i don't know fucking write it for my libido. this will be That'll funny be, this this will be funny yeah, yeah. this will be interesting and and then when I, like, I started to get more and more into Hunter Thompson and, and like and even like Thomas Wolf, like just the, the the new journalism, the Gonzo journalism, I was like, oh, I've been doing this since college. Like I didn't realize this was a thing already. 
I've, and I'm not saying like, oh, look at me, but it's just like, we do the things that we do and then we find ourselves. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I, th then it became a point when I realized that this was like a thing. Like I could be the next Hunter S. Thompson. I'm going to grab that mantle and I'm going to run with it. And then I did, you know, I got out of journalism and I got a family. And like the reason that I can't do it anymore is because unlike Thompson, I want to keep my family together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you I don't live. want to have, with all due respect, yeah. my dear friend, I don't want to have three ex-wives. I don't want my kids. That, to it, nobody not does. You know? Trust me. Trust me. There was not like a, a definitive plan in this goal, but that's, I, I see, that's where I find it. Cause I'm, it, it's, I'm talking to Donnie Smith about this when we were recording the, I like to watch podcast. And that is one of the things that I find myself, you know, cause it's that it's, it's been over a year. So I'm not, I'm, I'm over the pissing and moaning about how terrible things happened and how bizarre that divorce yeah. was now 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 it's just like i you know that literally isn't it isn't the you know the andy dufresne crawling through the 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 tunnel of shit and yeah. coming out and the rains go and then i'm looking out the sky going who am i no it's yeah. not that what it is it's oh what the fuck am I supposed to do? I mean, and that is literally the question it's, that is. It's Brooks hanging himself. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's Brooks hanging himself. Uh, Don was yeah. here. Um, no, it's but no, I. Moment. God, that's a good movie. It's a great movie. Oh. But uh, but I, I, I realized yeah, that, you know, there's... now I'm kind of like, what am I supposed to be? Okay, so, you know, the thing is, I'm 57. I know from my family's history. I mean, if I look at my family's history, because, you know, why not? Um, that most of the men on both my mother's side and my father's side mm -hmm. croaked between 58 and 65 years old. Okay, so from well, a family. Comforting. Well, so from a, I'm just, it's not like I'm looking to be comforted. It's just facts is facts, Kat. Not worried um, about your comfort. I'm worried about mine. Uh, well, so, but, you know, but that, that is, that is the, the paradigm that that's sort of like my history. Now, I actually think I'm going to live a lot longer because none of those motherfuckers worked out. Um, and, you know, maybe I'm just hanging a whole lot of fucking hope on the fact that I'm in shape, but whatever. Yeah. yeah Jim, Jim Fix died at 52 or something. So whatever. And he was the guy that created jogging. Anyway, um, we didn't create it, but he made it fit. He made it yeah. famous in the seventies. <laughs> Um, it's a great like i mean just like going back to, like kind of the bad boys of of art yeah there's a story from it's it's obviously old a Roy, mike royko um you know famed chicago columnist syndicated columnist i don't know that he was quite a bad boy of art i think you i think he was in, it was, in, in yeah. that regard i mean he was very much part of the i mean he was a syndicated columnist he wrote for the chicago daily news and the chicago tribune yeah. like you know he was part of the establishment but he was kind of the you know, he ruffled feathers. Well, he know? was, he, he All was the feathers. It, he ruffled to, the politicians. He ruffled the elite. Yeah. He, to, yeah. To elevate, to elevate myself to the micro Rico, Rico status. And then, and, and with the acknowledgement that I don't even come close, but I get that it's like, it was when I joined WBEZ mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, uh, I remember Heidi Goldfein saying, you're like a gorilla in the library. That yeah. was Mike Ryko. He was yeah. he was a part of the team, yes. you know. Right. Like I I was in PR, but I had tattoos. I had a Prius, you know. I mm -hmm. but I was loud and I was brash and I said what I thought. So I fit in, but just barely. And Royko, as a columnist, yeah. was definitely accepted as a part of the establishment. But man, he didn't like the establishment, and he yeah. postured in a way that he was like, "Fuck you! I'm yeah. here. I'm at the party. You invited me to the party." But I am going to criticize your fucking canopies. So just yeah. get ready. And and Royko for me, you know, Royko, and that was another one. I, I was in college and writing for the paper, and I had a, a writing a journalism professor say, "You know who you remind me of? You know your your writing reminds me of is Mike Royko." And I was like, "God, oh, that's I know a that name. That's such and a compliment, me, man." Gave me a copy of his book. Um, oh, Royko so good. One more time, and I was reading Royko, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I've been doing this. This my professor's right." Like so again, yeah. it was one of those things like there's a future for me in this because these guys have already done it, I, you know, and I'm just like naturally, you know, look at me. Ooh, I'm just naturally like Mike Royko and Hunter. Shut up, shut up, David. But anyway, Royko wrote this 
story you, you know years ago when jogging became a thing about how stupid jogging was <laughs> but it's this great piece and you know reading it like as a person who was born after jogging was a thing and didn't know a time before jogging was like what a weird fucking thing that there was like now people are jogging it's, it's just, just anyway. the thing that yeah anyway the point but yeah no but the, i like that i like that question. so yeah back to the, the question yeah. like i don't well hold on i'm 50, I, I don't know the I'm, i know i'm probably gonna die at least in the next 15 years i mean i just realistically next 15 years so what do i want my next 15 years to be what do i want to do i know i don't want it to be languishing in wichita um so I'm taking this time to kind of prep myself, whatever the next step is. But I think the next step is who gives a shit about what everybody thinks? Who gives a shit? You know, let's just fuck things up. I, I mean, at least it is. It's go out in a blaze of glory. It's do not go gently into that whatever night without a cold tiger, whatever it is. You know, it's like go and, and and you know, bust some plates and and challenge people and do the things. And again, it's it's not like I'm trying to change the culture. I'm just an asshole who likes to fuck with people. <laughs> and I'm going to do it because I really like doing it. And I'm really <laughs> good at that. So why not just go whole hog and show up in Chicago and just start doing shows that say, you know, it's like, here's a show. Steppenwolf's cock is in my mouth. And that's the show. I don't know. I have to correct myself because it's it's Dylan Thomas's do not go gently into that good night. Not or, cold or, or cold yeah well do not go in that gently cold play but whatever what? it is that's that's part <laughs> that's part of being a, a an a artistic bad boy is not knowing dylan thomas <laughs> yeah i'm gonna go with that yeah i i mean that that should be the approach always is you know fuck it who gives a shit let's burn it all down but also like if you have something to lose because like i that's my struggle too. It was like you have stuff to lose. Yeah, I have. Stuff I don't have lose. anything to fucking lose. That's I want to burn it all down. What I don't want to burn down is, is my stuff. Is my yeah? Is my job? Is my family? You know? Is my steady paycheck? You know that kind of like that affords the house and all that other shit. Yeah, I mean I don't afford it all. Katie works. You know, dude, dude. I'm just. But I'm like, literally just. I'm just like five steps from being that guy in the van that just. You know, I'm. I'm like shitting in a, yeah. a bucket. I'm I'm so close to just I mean I I've got it. But I want you to be though. I, I don't want you to be the I mean, guy in the I, van. I don't want to be that guy, but I mean I, I want you to I'm, be the guy. I'm a total nomad right now, so it's I good. want you to be the guy in the motorcycle with a sidecar and you sleep in your sidecar. That's what I see, want you to be. That's and I'm how too old. Motherfucker I, I want you to be. See, I wanted to that's the thing is I thought about when I left uh Vegas, I thought about uh just traveling literally couch surfing for a year i mean i remember yeah. I, th I think i told you about that yeah and then i re and what stopped me from couch surfing first of all is that my mom obviously needed my help um and i couldn't yeah. really help her if i was driving around couch surfing all over the united states and second of all i am 57 and while i don't need a lot of creature comforts uh sleeping in a car because <laughs> you know if you're couch surfing i had to do the math and realized I can only probably stay at somebody's couch for a certain amount. How many people do I know that would let me crash on a couch? So I'm probably going to be sleeping in my car a lot. And I went, yeah, my fucking aging old man back can't fucking handle yeah. that shit. So uh, that's going to be a miserable experience. So no, we that's won't do that. Thing. Yeah. So, but the other part of your question is, I, I think, you know, wh where is the bad boy artist or the bad yeah. It doesn't have to be where, bad boy. Where's that like, guy the, that yeah, the, the renegade artist? It could be yeah. Where's that in person? Between. Yeah. Where's that person that is saying that you can't tell me what to say? You can't that that that. Where is that Monty Python aesthetic saying? Here's the here's the the ruling class. Here's what's here's what we're being told we have to say and do and be. And here's the who's saying go fuck yourself. I'm going to satirize your shit and let's. Let's let's it's not like burning institutions down or 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 destroying things. Yeah, it's about skewering the sacred cows in yeah. a in a way that just is fun as shit. Well, I think I think that they do still exist. I think you've got South Park. No, I yeah, I think so. Well, South you've Park got, is old. They've been doing this yeah, shit too long. They're, 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 they're still they're, fresh. I think they're still fresh. I I've watched the You've got the Simpsons, so, which Oh, for God's sake you know too, this is great but it's it, 
it's uh, dude dude anything from our let's put it this way anything that's not of this year is probably not terribly relevant i think larry david and curb your enthusiasm kills mm -hmm. the sacred cows um <laughs> oh i disagree entirely that's i mean i think you're funny I, and it, <laughs> you're a bitch but i'm Tim looking robinson i think you should leave maybe i don't I don't know. I don't know that anything on Netflix is not going to be that except stand-ups. Some stand-ups on Netflix are going to get that, but anybody that's truly I mean Sarah like, Silverman, I just watched her special on HBO Max. No, here's the thing about here's the and this is my belief. Here's the thing about true renegade artists, true bad boy, bad girl artists, artists that really challenge things is they are not getting paid big bucks to do it. And if they are, they aren't they are not renegade anymore well i mean look royco and thompson they they made money yeah but they made they made barely any money you're talking about sarah silverman's walking away from a netflix deal with probably let's just argue let's let's be on the safe side and say probably a million bucks in her pocket trust me you aren't breaking any fucking paradigms if you're getting a million bucks to do it that ain't that that's that's not that's that I'm sorry I'm sorry that you know I, and I get it I mean oh, these, dude, I don't know Sarah Silverman's eight, net worth things that the it's only eight million like, well god it's only fucking eight million Hunter S Thompson had to scrape by writing his shit and hope that he'd get paid and Royko worked as a journalist in Chicago trust me they were not they were breaking ground Lenny Bruce was I mean not making shit loads of money these guys were Royko also didn't or Thompson also didn't turn his shit in on time so well you know, well I mean there's just sort of like yeah yeah I get that I get that but I, what I'm saying is if you're getting paid millions of dollars to be the rule breaker you're not a rule breaker you are pretending to be a it's like Hannah Gadsby you're not really breaking uh, any fucking no. rules because no. you're making Netflix things so you are really not all you're you're making too much fucking money for me to take your shit too seriously no there's a difference i know there's no well i think right, that you can get paid like the whole idea of selling out this is a big thing when i was a kid in the 90s like you know in like punk rock like when green day broke or nirvana broke you know they it was a more green day thing like green day punk they sold out they used to play gilman and they were you know but now they're on radio and they went to geffen records and like fuck it let them and i remember feeling like yeah fuck green day sell out to blink 182 sell out shut up like if you can make if you can find a way to make a shit ton of money doing the thing that you do and you're not gonna apologize for it or pull your punches david i'm not right saying on. anything against people never pulled her punches yeah, but i'm saying i'm not saying anything against no the, i'm not saying anything against making money i'm saying that if you were there to fuck with shit that is not compatible with having tons of money because as we said the true rule breaker the true let's fuck shit up that actor that artist that writer doesn't have anything to lose and if you have eight million dollars you have eight million things to fucking lose yeah sorry i don't know i don't know i don't buy it for a second and that's not a sellout thing hey if people people make a dime doing that shit, uh, hats off to anybody in this world that can make eight million dollars doing anything other than like destroying lives and taking money from old ladies anybody that can make eight million dollars not do that bonus i love them but you're never going to convince me that somebody that's making any kind of money like that, any, any you're never going to convince me that anything on Netflix or Amazon Prime or Max um, is genuinely uh, fucking with people because there's too much money involved. Nobody's going to let them really fuck with people and really fuck with the system, mainly because they're making too much money and they're going to sell ads and subscriptions. So they're not going to let but you push the envelope well too bad. If that's what brings the people in, it's to watch. I, I don't know. I, I disagree. It's faux. It's faux. I think. I think. Let's put it this as way. As long as you're I not think, pulling your punches, I like think Sarah the Silverman did. Like she voiced the character, the main character in um, the Wreck It Ralph movies, and that probably made her a shit fuck ton of money. Oh yeah. You know she's done other like films. That's probably where most of the money comes from. But I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what her, the breakdown is of her stand up, but she doesn't. 
she's never pulled any punches. Her stand-up now is pretty much the same tone as it was when she was first coming up. And I would argue that you don't know if she, it, it's one of the, you, and I think this is funny. It's like one of the things they say about me at work in, in here in this Wichita market is how unfiltered I am. Yeah. And all I can think of when they say that is you have no fucking no idea. clue how filtered I actually am around yeah. you, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I, you know, you don't know she's not pulling punches. I would guarantee she's definitely pulling punches. I'd guarantee you that she's doing her stand up for Netflix. And when she presents her script, somebody says, yeah, you can't say that. She goes, yeah, okay. You're paying me enough money. I won't say that. Yeah. I'm sure she's pulling punches, you know? And the thing about it is that, and, and, and it's, you know, you can say what you want to say. One of the things I think is, is fascinating is, is right now, and maybe there is a window. I don't know if it's still because he's doing really well now, but there is a window where Louis C.K. was really because he fucking lost thirty five million dollars. He didn't have I mean, he was just pilloried. Right. And so he was doing some stand up that was just fucking dark and really pulling no punches. I think he's back to maybe pulling some punches a little bit because now he's making lots of money on his own platform. But at the time. He had nothing to lose so he fucking threw threw it all out there on the wall to see what would happen and i i respect again i i respect that sort of fuck you you don't get to tell me how to do this fuck you you don't get to tell me what i can say mm -hmm. i'm an artist i'm here to shake the tree of thought and uh and, and i'm not saying they're not out there but i'm i'm saying that the place i will not look for them is netflix okay it's it's hard i feel like that we're we're in a a tight spot culturally because you've got you got the lunatics on the right and you know uh, we we know what to say about and, them and the lunatic but yeah you and got the lunatics, lunatics on the right on the and left. i think that we keep yeah. i mean there was a moment it was probably around like 2019 2020 um, where it was like, yeah, we're inching closer and closer to a new puritanism. Uh, pu puritanism. Yeah, puritanism. Yeah, Puritan puritanical uh, Pur yeah. regime. I think that the the uh, the pandemic put a stop to that because it put a stop to a lot of things. It just kind of like made us reposition. It still exists, but we're definitely creeping close. You know. <laughs> The Puritans need to go. Like, I'm more worried about the puritanical part of it than I am the right wing. The right wing shit scares me. You know, it certainly does. Like, people calling for blood in the streets with Trump's indictments now. They're like, mm -hmm. we're going to go after the attorney general and and their families, you know, or the special interest, Jack Smith, whatever that guy. And like, his, I was reading, um, like. We're going to get to that. And we're definitely going to get some of that in the. His family, yeah. his, his kids are fair game as far as I'm concerned. Like, I know this is a tiny, tiny, tiny microcosm of the fringe but you know that stuff starts to spin up it's just it's a little unnerving but so is the idea that we can't say this you can't do that you know all that yeah so i don't know like if you're gonna come in and as an artist and you know break shit and shake the tree like which tree do you start with what is all the of them shaking all How of them shake an entire forest you know like because i don't know that like I mean, Royco kind of shook all the tree. He kind of walked around you know, the, the forest and he shook them all. I don't know that, that Thompson did that as much. I feel like he had one, one particular tree he was going after. Yeah, but you know, you know, it's interesting that you ask question. Uh, and what I would say that's I haven't thought about this. That if I wanted to do that in Wichita, I would absolutely. What there's no question. I made a joke to you. I don't even know if we said this on the air, but I, I I made a joke that in Chicago, by the time I left Chicago, there were people that thought I was full on right wing Nazi. You know, I'm yeah. a racist and I'm a sexist. Okay, even though I had my same core beliefs I've always had, you I got to Vegas and I was more like a I was seen more like a sort of like a left center centrist. Yep. And I'm now here in Kansas and I am a full on fucking bleeding heart libtard. Yeah. And I have not changed yeah. my, my core stuff. I've just changed locations. So if I were here in Wichita and I decided that I wanted to do that, I wanted to kind of like shake up the artistic tree and really get in people's faces. I would absolutely be satirizing the right. I would go because in this town, mm -hmm. 
this is a right wing town. This is a red state. So of course, yeah. while I'm here, I'm going to fucking go after them because they're the ones that kind of run the show. If I go back to Chicago and the Chicago theater scene, it is it is the left. It is the blue that's running things. And so yep. I want to go after them because that's what that's what you do. You, you go after whoever's in charge. Yeah. That's the goal. And uh, go after and, the cow that is determining which other cows are sacred. That's exactly right. And that, yeah, we yeah. got to make some fucking hamburgers. Sack of the news. Your first Rorschach. In it's beginning to feel a lot like 2016 <laughs> in Politico, return of the Republican clown car. I, oh uh, God, I'm so not looking forward to the next two years, year and a half, whatever it's going to end up being of this election cycle um chris christie fuck off <laughs> first of all i didn't i didn't watch his announcement but i i saw a headline that said something to the effect of like that chris christie was mocking trump for his weight yeah, I know. It's, it's fat guys after fat guys. Yeah, I mean, this is good. That like that, I want to see. Like, just I want to see like two big yeah. fat guys. Just like, well, your mama is so fat. Well, your mama is so fat. Well, you can't even. You haven't seen your dick in three days. You haven't seen your dick in five. You know, I like, can eat more mashed potatoes than you. You know, like, I mean, Chris Christie is Chris Christie. Let's not forget, and people can change. People, yeah, yeah, can change we he was sucking that to the, happen he was sucking trump's was dick stuck for in that thing so hard he was part of his transition team yeah oh yeah and i can't every time that chris christie's name is mentioned i just i mean it i cannot help it but the image that pops up in my head is when he closed down the beaches in new jersey and then there's the aerial shot of his fat ass just sitting with his family yeah in, yeah on the beach like fuck fuck off now is chris christie a better guy than donald trump of course there's potentially an argument that could be made that netanyahu is better than trump that fucking mussolini is better. like you know trump's up there that with the, the worst of them that that the so, stool that the stool that i left this morning in my toilet is better yeah. than trump let's be frank you left it yeah i just left it sitting there because i'm hoping it'll say something it was pretty oh. significant yeah interesting it was serious it, like the water like just like let it dissipate before you flush it like you... yeah and then i can call it then i take a picture of it and i put donald trump's face on it and it's a meme or you take a picture of it you post it on instagram and you say oh my god dinner last night was so amazed you guys let's <laughs> see that's the okay number two in here comes another nothing burger Los Angeles Times and everybody else. Trump indicted on 37 charges, including violations of espionage act and classified documents probe. <laughs> this fucking guy. In a in an alternate universe that I don't actually want to visit, but I've only peered into. The multiverse. I feel kind of bad for him. Again alternate universe because here's this motherfucker who's been a piece of shit a liar a schemer his entire life then he gets elected president of the united states and the gig is up the jig the jig is gig. up the jig is up yeah yeah which actually I mean, the gig the gig is up too because he didn't yeah. win in 20 yeah but right but like the jig is up and it's it's kind of like the um like uh fuck who's the uh Mike Madigan here in, in Illinois. The speaker. I was going to say Wiley. I was going to say Wiley a Coyote, but okay. And uh, who is the alderman? The old guy um, that, like, finally, like you know, these guys. It's the truth is coming to get them. They're finally having to pay for what they've done for all these years. But they've had like 30, 40, 50 years of being crooks, and now they're in their final years, in their golden years. When they it's like Harvey Weinstein, he's exactly. fucked and did this, and then. Finally, Cosby, you know, yeah, like, like, okay, hey, it's old man justice. That sucks that it, you know, that you're taking away the, after they've gotten away with it. But, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, I, like, do you think, do you think anything's going to come to this trial? I mean, do no. you think it's going to be another nothing burger? 
I just, I just want to be, I want to close this loop. I want to be clear. I'm not in this alternate universe where I feel bad for Donald Trump or Bill Cosby or Michael Maddox. Fuck them all. They need to be, they need to pay for their crimes. I'm cutting all of that out. I want people to really, yeah. (laughs) So yeah, now I'm the, I'm the bad boy. You're the bad boy. You say the bad things. Um, No, I, first of all, I don't, I, I, it looks really hard. It, it seems impossible that he won't be convicted of any of these things swirling around because there's a lot of things swirling there's around. a lot of things man they there's are throwing a lot, a lot of spaghetti on that wall a lot of it and even if you don't eat the spaghetti you're still going to get some spaghetti on you you know and i feel like i worry that don the don hall jesus excuse me the oh Donald my Trump. god oh my god <laughs> i am not that big an ass i mean i'm an asshole but i ain't that asshole I feel like he's not going to get any spaghetti on him. Oh, not a, not a drop. And I don't know how, but I just, it, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I'm I don't convinced. He, I'm convinced that we will see in 50 years when they, they look back as what they're going to realize is that the people that didn't actually suffer any consequences were the people that didn't actually apologize for fucking anything. Donald Trump has never apologized that he keeps coming back. Everybody that said, you know what? You're right. I was wrong. They are destroyed. So I'm pretty sure it's just that lack of remorse. And that's why we hate him so much is because he didn't give a fuck. Besides, all right. Yeah. In, in the news in, but why iOS 17 wants to kill off the dick pic. This is an actual headline. It wants to kill off the dick. How does it plan on doing? Does it have a plan on how to do that? Well, apparently, in the iOS 17 software, um, there is a feature that somehow can troll through uh, images that you get, or and I don't know if it's images that you already have on your phone, but blur out genitalia. No, I think that's a terrible idea. I'm just saying they've got it. They're doing yeah, it. no, terrible, 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 terrible. That will ruin birthdays for me. Um, shout out to the sack pack. And uh, no, like leave people alone. If I want to send dick pics to my kids, not my kids, my wife. <laughs> I should be able to do that. <laughs> my thought is. If you are the type of person who uh, gets, and, and I understand, oh, oh, it's victim shaming. No, if you're the kind of person who dates people who send you pictures of their penis, maybe you should reevaluate, A, how you date and who you text with, because I'm sorry if, if I mean, I mean, come look, on. There's, when, when I started dating a girl and pretty early on, a couple months in, she sent me. Well, it wasn't a dick pic because she didn't have a dick. She fair. She got one later. Transphobe. No, yeah, no, she didn't have a dick, but she sent me like the female version of it. <laughs> I don't even. Why can't I explain this? It wasn't like it a, was a pussy like, shot. It, it was, was a like, shot of her badge. It wasn't a shot of her badge though, but it was like the, the glamour the shot. Yeah, the glamour shot of her of her junk a little bit but i got it i was like well this seems a little forward and then i caught myself like what the fuck david shut up but the point is like yeah i mean let if people want to send their their crotch shots their dick pics whatever version of that is and it's not okay then it's up to the recipient to block it to to say no leave but if 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 somebody wants that shit, let them be able to get it. Don't blur out my present that I was hoping to get for my birthday. You know, like speaking I of, to know me. Speaking of, for your birthday, did you get your birthday present? Which was my no. Um, next article in this should seem sort of obvious, right? And uh, this is a, not a technically it's a headline, but it's op-ed. It's in the New York Times opinion. We have age minimums. Why not have age maximums? And it is a call for maybe not having the corpse of Diane Feinstein still actively oh in the halls of power. When I was probably 13, my best friend Brian Wolf 
who is my age, said that he thinks that all old people should be killed. Now, it's important to note two things. His line of demarcation of what old people was, was 50. Well, fuck him. Okay? The second important thing is we were having this discussion, this discussion of, you know, scheduled genocide at, at Sunday school in, in the temple. Temple on Shisholm. So here's two Jewish kids talking about, yeah. Um, I don't think he believes it as much anymore because he's looking at 50. But I, I haven't talked to him about it in a while. So maybe we'll, maybe that'll, we'll have to talk about it. Um, yeah, there probably should be age maximums for certain things. And Diane Feinstein's corpse. Joe Biden tackling flat surfaces with his feet. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that there should, it's not like, okay, you've hit 80 and now you're out. I mean, you know, let's do a, 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 a test, like driving, like a driving test. Like you still have to get like, I don't have to take a driving test every year that I go to get my, or every time I get my license renewed, but at a certain point they make you do that. You know, yeah, I think that that's that that's fair because we know competence. competency tests. Thank you. The brain starts to lose its ability to do things older get. So might be good idea to do things. We get old as brain, you know, turns I, to soup pudding. And unfortunately, we're leaving it up. And so and so, you know, it's, it's that that what we're. If if Diane Feinstein is so far gone that she can't actually get up on the chair, she doesn't even the, know where she is. And and take the pin knife and scratch in the beam. Diane was here before she <laughs> hangs herself. If she can't actually do that, she's too far gone, man. Yeah. You get you know, take her to the boardwalk, push her off. You know, That's California's it. a beautiful place to die. Just let her go it's, into the sunset. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, who's that old lady that's having the, that the weeds are growing around? Yeah. Yeah. In in beggars can't expect the rubles in Axios. Tipping on slot pushes some consumers to close their wallets. We have noticed a national trend of tipping at uh all where yeah. wherever you tip literally has gone down about 15% in the last year oh, and buddy. and and what it what it is uh what, at least what they posit in the article is it is because uh of electronic mm -hmm. uh you know, like yeah. iPad stuff where it it basically says hey tip us yeah instead of you know and so what are your thoughts so yesterday this is i i was talking to the sackback guys about this a little bit yesterday um, went and got a haircut, took Jacob with me. We walked from the haircut to grab lunch at Potbelly's. I got a salad. Um, order my salad, wait to pay, pay the thing. There's, you know, I put my card in and the kid behind the counter is like, you know, you can, please say, you can, you'll be asked to leave a tip. You can uh, push anything you want. Nothing is fine. And I'm like, okay. And I do the thing that I do every time that's presented to me. You know, feel free to leave a tip if you like on the digital thing is I, and I don't know why I do this. I mean, I do know why I do it, but I can't help myself is I go, uh, and I act like I'm confused by the machine and I don't know what to do. And I just, here's a button and whoops, it happened to be the no tip button. Ooh. So <laughs> it's this idiotic dance that I do. Because you care so see. much because you care for and, yeah. and I thought that they because somehow you care what this total stranger thinks yeah. of your tipping practice. Yeah. Yeah. Now, sometimes, sometimes I'll throw it in. If there's like, if there's a clear level of service that has been heightened in some way, you know, I'll throw like 10% to the, the barista or whatever, because behind the counter is different than the server out, you know, the, the waiter or waitress or whatever, right? That's different. So anyway, so I'm at Potbelly's and I leave the zero tip. And then I've got my bottle of water and I'm waiting for my salad. And the, the kid's looking at me like, what, did you not get your salad? I'm like, no, not yet. And I'm not mad. I'm not annoyed. Yeah, I just figured yeah. they were still making it. 
Well, they hadn't even started making it yet. So like they had to call out and they're like, oh, sorry. So like they asked me to tip before, before you know, and it's just like, no, this fucking thing. Like I, I want these kids to make money. They should make a good living, but absolutely. This level of service does not require yeah to ask that to, yeah and one of the well my my response to that is that, that i i almost almost in, unless it's a, an extreme circumstance i never tip electronically because i don't know if that money is actually going to go into the pocket that's of that the person. other thing too that's yeah. the problem i have with that is because there's too many businesses so i don't carry yeah. cash for the most part but if i know i'm going like actually i give you a perfect example i know uh, that my mom got me a massage. I know that after this big event in this month, I'm going to take the day off. I'm going to get this massage. You know, it's paid. I'm going to tip her probably 30, 40 bucks because, yep. you know, yep. but I'm, I'm going to go to the ATM and I'm going to get cash because you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. and, and, and a cash tip isn't taxable. So you keep more of it. And right. there's no chance that the Starbucks uh, corporation is going to be absorbing your tip, you know? So it's like, I, I, and the thing about it is I don't feel any need to explain that to anybody, but except for you right now, when I do it, I just don't, I just don't do it. I I'm going to try really hard to stop. I just don't do it. Yeah. I just, I just like, nope, nope, not going to. Yeah. And, and, and if somebody wants to, to, you know, to front me and say, what the fuck? Why aren't you tipping me, man? I'm going to say, you know, if I had cash, I'd tip you, but I don't have cash and I'm not going to give it to this it machine. Feel gross. It feels very pushy. And, yeah, it's very pushy. And I think that we're all starting to, that all the, the, our culture starting to coalesce around this idea of stop. Yeah. Why don't you pay people a living wage? And, and, uh, and then you're they about like Potbelly's absorbing part of that. If I tip 15% to that guy yeah. yesterday. Does five percent go to the company and ten percent goes? To, and you, you know. bet your sweet ass it does. Yeah. yeah. Final headline. Uh, there's many w approaches to this. Um, it could be in. Was this an original artistic bad boy? To the OG terrorist, domestic terrorist finally bites it. Unabomber Ted Kaczynski, a Chicago native, dies in federal prison. At 81, the age maximum, all this stuff. So we got this news and I said, Katie was in the living room. Harry was in the living room. And I said, Katie, um, my favorite writer just died. <laughs> and she's like, what? And I said, Ted Kaczynski. And you could see it register in her head. And I go, you know, the Unabomber. And she's like, oh God, fuck off, David. And Harry was like wait who died your favorite so i had to so katie's like he's joking and i was like i'm just kidding harry he wasn't my favorite writer he was a bad dude who would send letters that would blow up and harry was like and he died are you sad i'm like no i'm so i had to like explain the uh, history of 90s it's like characters. talking to drax <laughs> yeah. but katie's looking at me the whole time like you fucking idiot like he doesn't understand this shit so I mean, it's all fine now, but it was just like, oh yeah, that was a joke that went way over his head. And you know, poor Harry, who's so goddamn sweet, was like, I'm sorry for your loss. There are six things you should do this week. My first thing this week, is a watch. Uh, I mentioned it a moment ago or a little bit ago. Um, this is on Netflix. Uh, I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. This show, I, it took me a while to get into it. I don't know. I mean, I've watched episodes um, or, or sketches from episodes. Um, yeah, this show is just, it's fucking it's weird. Good. And, and All right. there have been moments when I have laughed uncontrollably that it's yeah that's all i need to hear see i haven't been really i really haven't had time to watch a lot of stuff because this last couple of weeks has been it, i mean i just haven't been home very much yeah. because i've been out doing doing a lot of work but uh i've been sort of like all right i you know i know the writer's strike is on and then the sag strike yeah. might have so i gotta i gotta i gotta ration myself 
find the things that I can watch because in about six months there will be fucking nothing but reality you TV. And I like some of it. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, all right, so I'm, yeah. I'm holding on to certain things. All right, that's I, all right. So that is worth worth putting in the queue. My first thing, speaking of uh, tipping and wages, um, is a read. Hell to pay. How the Suppression of Wages is Destroying America by Michael Lind. It is actually a really interesting, he's and you're talking about like the, that, that Royko kind of uh, writing style. It's not quite that good, um, but he makes some very, very solid, there's some solid research that came in here, and I don't agree with all of his conclusions, but it really kind of really talks about how wages how sort of the mechanism behind here's where the wages were in the 1970s and they're the same now, <laughs> but CEO pay is not. So how did that come about? How did that work? Has to do with the destruction of uh, unions and collective bargaining. It has to do with the corruption of many unions that, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, you know, so it's, it's, it's a really good book. I highly recommend it. If you're looking for a nonfiction sort of uh thing that isn't about how terrible Americans are. <laughs> All right. My next thing is a read um, in that magazine about the ocean um, appropriately, how lifeguards lost their luster. Mm. Uh, there's a lifeguard shortage in America. It's been going on for a century. So this struck out to me yesterday because we went to the beach, took my family to the beach, which was a fucking harrowing experience. <laughs> All on its own, bad planning. I regretted it. Oh my God. I spent an hour driving through, I mean, just sh probably just shy of an hour. Which beach? Driving through the parking lot of Montrose Beach. We didn't Montrose make Beach. We ended up going like up north to um, Rogers Foster. Park. Okay, yeah, we went past Foster. Yeah, we went, well, we went oh. past Foster. Oh wow! Um, you, in Evanston, jeez, just shy of Evanston. I mean, yeah, yeah. like we just yeah. had to keep going north, and I, it was a it was bad planning on my whatever. But we ended up having a great day. We got the paddleboard out. It was it was fine. We had a great day. It was a good couple hours. Um, anyway, but yeah, this is an interesting story about um, lifeguards and the shortage and. If you've been following Chicago news, there's been a shortage of lifeguards in Chicago. There's also been like the sexual assault happening with these lifeguards in Chicago and the cover up. So like Chicago has its own lifeguard issue. Um, but it's an interesting story, as most things are in the Atlantic. Speaking of interesting stories, my uh, my second uh, thing is in The New Yorker. It's by Helen Shaw. It's did this writer actually know Tennessee Williams? <laughs> and um, it's James Grissom says that he met the playwright and his famous muses and quoted them extensively in his work. Not everyone believes him. And effectively, this is a guy who has made a writing career out of saying it. Basically, it's that that Howard and me, I met uh Tennessee Williams and we had a he was having a crisis of creativity and we were just I was a young gun out of college and he was this old aging you know, genius and we just kind of had to well he has zero I mean zero proof he doesn't have any fucking proof he ever even met the guy and and he it, his claim is that he never never tape recorded any of their conversations but he wrote them in in journals that have now decayed. Well, journals in 1890 would have decayed by now, but not journals from 1990. Um, no. So it's it, but but it's a God. really very interesting because the thing about this was fast. It's just an interesting. That's all I'm saying. It's a fascinating read about a writer that may or may not have pretty much made up everything he said. So and, and said it was yeah and said it was real but it's See, just like this yeah problem. this goes back to that million little pieces bullshit just call it fiction Fuck. that's it it's yeah. so stupid it's so yeah. stupid it's so stupid that's the show it's so stupid you got one more i do yeah i do <laughs> that's the show it's so stupid because i'm too dumbass to count to three 
Told you, man. <laughs> Age maximums. It's 44 yeah, for me. It is. It's for, for you. Yeah. Yeah. Roll, yeah. roll me out next to Senator Feinstein at the edge of California. We'll wait for the waves to take us away. The Literate Ape cast uh, featuring Joe Biden and Diane Feinstein. Yeah. Ah, uh, this is this is also a watch. Um, it's on Max, HBO. Okay. <sighs> Fuck idiots. Um, Bama Rush. Is it good? Because I saw that was something. It's I, not, is it it's good? Weird. Oh, it's it's weird. Okay. It's really fucking weird. And Katie and I. So Katie and I watched it last night, and I woke up. We woke up this morning, and the first thing I said to her was, "That was a weird movie, right?" She goes, "It was." And I want you to watch it. Okay. And then I want I to saw, discuss it because it I takes thought, this really weird yeah. turn and then it just gets weirder. And I don't want to give too much away. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But no like spoiler. it super yeah, interesting. Yeah, you don't have to find that. Like, okay, let's learn about like the weirdness of sororities. Like sorority, yeah. you know, I, I was in a fraternity, like, but it's like, there's creepy weird shit and it can get Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, let's this learn about that. Greek, this faux Greek bullshit and hazing. But sure. then it just, it takes a strange. It just takes this really weird okay. turn with the director. I, and I will watch it. Yeah, I will watch it. Yeah, because I've got some time. Um, I, I actually have a day to do very little, so I'm going to do some writing and maybe I'll watch Bam Rush because I saw that I saw that yeah. the other night and I was like, okay, so is this a movie? Is it a series? Am I a creepy old man for wanting to watch a movie about a bunch of college sorority girls? Which I finally realized. Fuck you. If I think college sorority girls are spank worthy, it's not creepy. That's no creepier than some that's no creepier than we can't we can't kink shame some guy that likes to shit himself in a in an adult diaper and call that his sexual kink. So if I think if I think you know 25-year-old broads are looking hot, fuck you. Or 19-year-olds, so, but yeah, no, sure. Hey, that's fine. fine. 19. Hey, you know what? Leonardo DiCaprio can fuck anything he wants. Because he's got eight million dollars. No, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then my, my my third thing is, and the, the reason I liked it was because, first of all, I haven't seen much written about this. But second of all, I've been here. I did not stay the night because Dana would not stay the night, but I really, really wanted to. But I've been there. I've hung out there. I thought it was amazing. It's the creepiest fucking thing I ever saw, maybe in my life. This is in newlinesmag.com by Andrew Chamings. In, it's called In the American West, a Clown Motel and a Cemetery. Tell a story of kitsch and carnage in Tonopah, Nevada. Yeah. Victims of a death harvest rest in the shadow of a haunted lodge. It is a clown motel. Yep. It is yep. it has got a giant clown. They have yep. rooms. I toad desperately want to stay there. Yep. I was in the lobby. He describes in this article okay. the entire lobby that I was in. And and the only thing he misses is the, is the radically misspelled sign saying "Don't touch things" because they're they, they just whoever wrote this sign and then printed it out and laminated it. It's like four spelling errors, <laughs> oh my God. but but it is the creepiest uh, fucking thing. And all I want in my life is to actually go back to Tonopah and stay the night in one of those hotel rooms because the creepiest fucking place I ever saw. To that end, my mom wants to take me to Atchison, Kansas. Yeah, uh, probably this summer uh, because it is known by like the ghost hunters and all that shit yeah. as the most haunted town in America. More than Atchison's, yeah, oh yeah, no. The, the, apparently, Atchison, huh. man, they've got like the ghost, the the, the Ghostbusters and the Mythbusters, all that shit. That they, I mean, they, th it is super haunted, apparently. And I said, so do they have like, like, you know, they've got this hotel that's supposedly really haunted. And I said, do they have like a room where it's like the most haunted room? She goes, yeah. I said, book me. I want to stay there that God, night. Fuck off, because I, I fucking bring this shit on. No way, bring that shit on, man. That's the that's like an old man roller coaster. Let's go. Jesus, forget, I'm gonna forget. die soon, so let me confront the ghosts that I might be. Yeah, forget the clown motel, like Tonopah, Nevada, as a whole. I love Tonopah. Me out. I love Tonopah, man. I, used to, I there was a what the hell was the name of that bar? A couple of times I, I drove up there to do some stand up back in the day. And every time I drove up to Tonopah, I felt like I was leaving safety. Like, oh, yeah. Like, it just, 
I don't know, man. Tonopah's just got. I love Tonopah for me. Tonopah, the Tonopah's the last place I actually saw an old school A and W rooper stand. I think they have one in Boulder City still. Not the well, no. They've got a. They've got. They've got an A and W rooper stand in or place in Boulder City, but it's not. It's it's more like a like a refurb. It's it, it's a like franchise. Yeah, yeah. It's like the restaurant. No, this in Tonopah, it's like. Wow, this this AMW root beer stand has been here exactly like this, and these yeah. signs have been exact. This root beer has been here since like <laughs> 1947. So, uh, you know, it's and I yeah. loved it. I thought this is awesome. AMW root beer stands are the best. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I, I dude, maybe that's a maybe that's a literate ape cast on the road. Uh, I think I would. You, do. you and I, you and I go to Totopah and we spend the night in the Clown Motel. I would do it for the show. That see, I see that's that's I all the reason. Yeah. But I'm gonna tell you this right now. <laughs> when we go to bed, like when nighttime sleep comes, uh-huh. you are you are the big spoon. Because I'm gonna need you to be the big spoon. <laughs> you can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast Jones. If you enjoy listening to two white guys holding court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. What the fuck?